Hey there, friend. Thanks for joining me again. I'm so glad you're here. I really do appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast, and thanks for telling other people about it. Anyway, here we are again, and I'm on my second week, because now Kate has me on a theme, my second week of talking about being used by God. And you know, you know me, I don't want to just talk about the normal things that you usually think about, about serving the Lord, like talking about um, gifts that God gives us and all that. Eh, Other people do that. I want to talk about, you know, something, a, a different take on it. So I got another one for you today. But first, of course, a story. So I was thinking about what I want to share today. And I don't know, these stories are only somewhat related just a little bit. It's kind of a stretch, but they're funny. So I'm going to share them with you anyway. All right. So, and I don't think I've told these before. First story involves Sophie and Andrew. And I think Kate was there too. Um, and we were, I think it was before Sophie and Andrew got married, if I'm remembering correctly. And we were all hanging out watching TV and we were watching one of those shows where people are picking out a wedding dress. If you ever watched one of those, it was not Say Yes to the Dress. It was a different one. It was this one. It was actually, it was actually a cool show. I liked it. It was the show where the bride has to pick between um, a new wedding dress and a remake of a wedding dress of like her mom or her grandmother or somebody. So one team is remaking the old dress into a new dress. And another team is taking her to go look at new dresses. Uh, And then she picks at the end which one she actually wants. So it's kind of a fun idea. Anyway, so we're watching this show. And, you know, it's a pretty benign show. Like, it's just reality TV, watching them put on dresses, etc. But this one bride, she puts on, I think it was a new dress. It was the most, I, I mean, I don't know how you could call it a wedding dress. It was the most revealing dress you've ever seen. And so poor Andrew is sitting there. We all, like, she comes out in this dress on TV, of course, and we all were like, oh my gosh, like we, we didn't want to look. It's got cutouts everywhere. And every, I mean, it's just white, but that was the only thing that resembled a wedding dress. So anyway, we're all like, whoa, whoa, what just happened? But, but that, that's not even the funny part. The funny part is the bride starts crying and we're like, and so then of course we're like not looking, but we're like, what is happening? And she's, and they're like, oh, honey, what's wrong? And she goes, this is the funny part. She goes, I just, I just feel so exposed emotionally. <laughs> emotionally exposed. We're like, yeah, honey, you are exposed physically. Like, it was just hysterical. She didn't feel exposed physically. Some, She was having some sort of emotional moment. And it was really funny. And, you know, poor Andrew, it's really a story about Andrew because, you know, the poor guy, he's just sitting there. Obviously, it wasn't a show he really wanted to watch. He was just wanted to hang out with us. And he's innocently sitting in the room while us girls are watching this show. And, you know, this happens and he's like, had the strongest reaction and was like, I I don't want to see this. And the poor guy sitting there with his future mother-in-law, his future bride and his sister-in-law, and it's like, you know, it was a very funny reaction. It was really funny. And so we say that now in our family. I just feel so exposed. And it was just so funny because we were like, you are, and you don't even know it. Like, ridiculous. 
And it just kind of connects to the topic for today because I was thinking about how she said, I feel so exposed. And she came out, you know, from behind the the curtain or whatever. And just that idea of revealing ourselves, not physically, but in other ways, um, that that is a way that God uses us for us to reveal our true selves to each other. You know, when we have to pull back the curtain on the fake, I'm fine, I'm okay, and reveal our true self to others, that that is in fact a way that God wants to use us. And the place that I see that, that I see an example uh, for us to follow, is in the story of the man with the withered hand. This is the Pause and Ponder podcast with me, Susie. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that God will recharge you and inspire you to continue to serve him wherever you are today. Okay, so being used by God. You know, we talk about it all the time, serving the Lord, being used by God. It's it's just sort of part of the lingo, right, of being a Christian. But I think that is exactly why we need to unpack it, why I want to pause and ponder it. Because, you know, we have to remember that this God of the universe, he doesn't need us. He is completely sufficient in himself. He has all the resources he needs. He has all the power he needs. Just think about this for a second. Despite that, his choice is to work through people, ordinary people. And this is at least just a part of what love looks like, that that's God's choice to do this. I mean, just imagine the patience it must require to work through imperfect, weak people instead of just doing it yourself. Anyway, what I want to ponder today is, as I said, someone else that was used by God. Last week, it was the widow of Zarephath and the flour and oil that didn't run out. God used her and asked her to serve him when she had nothing to give. That was the the gist of it. Nothing but obedience and faith. She had no resources. But this time, I want to sit with this man with the withered hand. You know the story. You might think he should be described as simply someone healed by God, because Jesus heals him, and that's the whole story. And while that's true, I also see in that healing someone that was used to reveal God's glory. If you remember, he was healed in the synagogue in front of everyone. And it, it's recorded in the Bible. That's why we know about it. So why? Why is it recorded in the Bible? I think it's to peel back the curtain and reveal who God is and what he's like and what he desires to do and be when he interacts with us mere mortals. How do I know that's what he's doing? Well, it makes me think of the verses in Hebrews. In Hebrews 1, it says, Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance, that's Jesus. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So in other words, God pulled back the curtain and revealed himself through the prophets in the Old Testament. And then at the dawn of the New Testament, 
he pulls back the curtain of who he is and reveals it in this person and God himself, Jesus. And in, it also says in Colossians 1.15, Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. And this is what God does and who God is. In this story of the man with the withered hand, we see God is a restorer. He restores people who are broken. That's who he is. And yet, somehow, at the very same time, he's, he's a judge. He's just. But, you know, that's the mystery of God, isn't it? We can save pondering his attributes for another day. But let's look at what it means to be used by God to serve the Lord as seen in this man's life, this man with the withered hand. So here's the actual passage from Luke 6, Luke 6, 6 through 11. And I'm reading from the ESV version today. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them all, he said to him, he said to this man with the withered hand, he said to him, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. So, Jesus chooses this guy. He chooses him out of a crowd. You know, God assigns gifts as he sees fit. It's all according to his will. He heals according to his will, too. Perhaps he did so based on the faith of the man because he would have known his heart. We don't know. But God decides how he will use each one of us. It isn't this cafeteria of God's resources for us to pick and choose what we want in our life. So that's just kind of a reminder of that. But what I want to share with you today are just two main things I see in this passage, in this story of an event, a life-changing event in this man's life. I try to keep it simple so you can just, so you can remember what you heard. It isn't like, it isn't all complicated, just simple. Two main things. Number one, he has to hold out the withered hand. This is how he enters into being used by God. To reveal the ugliest thing about him, the weakest thing, the thing he would most want to keep hidden in his life. You know, I wonder, was he even allowed in the synagogue? Weren't you not supposed to go in there if there's something wrong with you? Maybe he had it in his pocket or in the folds of his robe. And Jesus says one thing to him. Well, two things really. First, get up, stand up in front of everyone. So do this publicly. And then he just requests one thing, stretch it out. I feel like this completely goes against human nature. Isn't it our nature to hide, conceal, or minimize what we don't like about ourselves? You know, our flaws, our weaknesses, our sins. And Jesus says, stretch it out. And he doesn't say, stretch it out so I can heal it. He just says, stretch it out. How often, though, does God use people to share their struggles and their weaknesses to encourage others? I hear it all the time. 
They are used by God, serving God, by revealing, I'm not perfect, I struggle. And when we do it to serve God, when we do it used by God, we're doing it in such a way that it doesn't glorify sin or self. It's not about whatever that weakness was. It's done in obedience to God's call. It's used to glorify God. That's the point. That's the way it's used. So, am I willing to stretch out and reveal what is still yet to be restored in my life? And I have to ask myself, where exactly does God want me to do that? It might mean sharing a struggle with one friend or a small group and asking them to pray for me and hold me accountable. It might even mean getting counseling. That's a way to stretch out what is broken. Both would stretch my comfort level for sure. And it might simply be holding something up to the Lord, stretching your arms up in prayer and saying, I'm weak, I'm broken, and crying out for help. Can we please just stop the train of, I've got this, I'm good, it's all good, and even I'm better than I deserve. Just stop it and say, I'm not good. Oh Lord, help, I need your help. I think God wants us to ask ourselves, what is being concealed? What's shoved to the back of your mind because you just don't want to think about it or deal with it? Maybe it's what is embarrassing. What am I just rationalizing away? You know, because everyone has weaknesses. It's okay. Because whatever that is, it might be exactly the way God wants to use you and is calling you, calling you out to serve him. Even if it's just in private prayer, don't forget the angels are watching and filled with wonder at how man and God interact. And God might have a way that he wants to use you for you to serve him, to glorify him, even just in your own private prayer. And here's the thing. You don't know what will happen. There are no guarantees. You're not in control. But will you stretch it out? Will you invite God into your pain and embarrassment and failure? Because I do know that God will restore. He's gentle with the brokenhearted. He forgives. He heals. And he uses our weaknesses to reveal his strength. You get the blessing of transformation. He gets the glory of, wow, only God could do that. And that leads me to number two of my main thoughts. Number one, you have to stretch it out and reveal it. The number two thing that I think about this man is what about the people that met him after that day? They wouldn't call him the man with the withered hand. They'd just see, you know, a normal guy, two good hands. They might not even know he ever had a problem. And so they might not give glory to God. And this thought actually occurred to me a really long time ago when I was struggling with this, this idea of what do you do and what do you say when people are like, oh, you're so amazing, you do all these things, etc., you know, and, and, you know, thank you or encourage you. And I would want to tell them, you know, oh, that's God's doing that. Uh, you know, that, that isn't me. That's God working through me. But it just seems awkward. There's no, like, quick phrase to say that that thanks them for thanking you or whatever, encouraging you. It's just like this whole awkward situation. And I think we can also err on the side of not encouraging people, like, oh, I don't want to tell you you're doing a good job because, you know, I know it's just God. So, the, like, what do we do with that? And it occurred to me a long time ago, like I said, when people say those 
kind, encouraging things. They're just seeing the healed hand. You're seeing what God has already done and not what I was on my own. And yes, praise God and give God the glory that any good thing that comes out of me, whether it's teaching or leading or whatever gift it might be, whatever looks like talent, whatever looks like skill or maybe spiritual maturity, it is all just the healed hand. It's all just evidence that God has worked in my life. And the same thing for you. You know, it would be great if we could, could like come up with an expression that people would understand what it meant if you were just like, yep, yeah, you know, it's just the healed hand. Just the healed hand, baby. That's what you're seeing. But I don't know. I don't know if that would catch on. But don't you love that idea that when we see something um, praiseworthy in someone else that we can say, wow, I'm seeing God reveal himself in you. I'm seeing God working in you. I'm seeing the healed part instead of the weak, ugly part. I don't know. It, it's like a whole big idea that you want to sum up in a few words. And one other thing I see in this healed hand is, of course, that, you know, that's what social media is. It's just seeing the healed hand and none of the ugliness and weakness. You know, I overheard a friend who was a young mom say the other day, of course my kids fight and whine and all that. I'm just not going to post that on social media. And I assume she was recounting a conversation with someone who was impressed with her or her kids based on her Instagram account. And you know what? I 100% agree with her. You should not post that on social media, your kids whining and, you know, you shouldn't post that. But you should also realize that you are just seeing that healed part, the healed hand. And it's okay. And instead of comparing and feeling less than or even more than, give glory to God for the healed hand, even when you see it on Instagram. So, the man with the withered hand, what a way to be used by God to stretch out our ugliness in faith that he will restore it into something beautiful, a healed hand. It makes me think of this verse. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God uses foolish and weak things in us to reveal his wisdom and his strength to the world. That is a way to be used by God. Used by God in public. Used by God in exposing his ugliness. Used by God to show the world what God can do with broken, ugly things in our lives. So, in light of that, who is brave enough today to pray, Lord, use me? I would love for that to mean go to Africa. I really would. I've told Wes many times, hey, you call me and say we're going and I will be bags packed before you get home. But instead, maybe that prayer, Lord, use me, maybe it just means stop hiding your struggles and hold them up to God. That's what this guy did. So let's all remember today that when you feel most pathetic, it might just be the perfect time for God to use you for his glory. Thanks for listening. And if God has encouraged you through this podcast, could I ask you to please share it with others or go and leave a review or rating? 
apparently that makes it easier for others to find it. So I would appreciate that. And now I pray that God will pull back the curtain and reveal himself to you in new ways. Till next time.